Welcome to episode 140 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, and we're ready to talk some wrestling. Who's excited for All In at Wembley this Sunday? I can't wait. It's a huge, huge pay-per-view, a historical event, and it's taking place at 11 o'clock Central Time here in Milwaukee, which is awesome. So you get to see this great four hours of uh, wrestling. On a Sunday, lay on the couch, chill out, and then you got the rest of your evening. So, honestly, I cannot wait. And the matches are pretty stellar, too, and we're going to run those all down this evening, too. It's one of our world-famous Keep the Kayfabe prediction shows where we run down the card and we predict who is going to win the matches. We try to offset each other with our picks to see who will be king Booker. So these are a lot of fun. Can't wait to get to those. But uh, before we do that, let's introduce the fellas real quick. He's over in Glendale, and he likes to keep it regal. His name, Steve Grobschmidt. What up, Grabby? Yo, 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 listen. Yo, Stevie G is back, and he's going to wear the crown. Gary from Ohio, you're about to go down. I'm going to run the table and send you boys to bed, just like Nick Wayne's dad. Oh, wait, he's still dead. Oh, I I ran Charlie off. It's the same sad song. The only losses I'll get is when they book it wrong. (laughs) You're about you're about to get put down like Swerve did to Nick. But the pity I'll feel is small, just like Matt Michelson's. Keep the kayfabe. Stevie G has arrived. Scissor me, (laughs) Daddy Bait. Fuck yeah. That was Um, absolutely priceless. That was worth every minute right there. I don't even know how we topped that. Fucking epic. That's unbelievable. That's an (laughs) all-time. Good job, Steve. Hey, man. Hey, and that's why you're selling books around the globe right now. The Divided Man, if you love his raps, The Divided Man and Gemini Girl, his sci-fi novels are incredible. Look up Steve Grobschmidt on Amazon and get your copies today. But fuck, dude. Hey, I I think you could uh, go toe-to-toe with uh, B-Rabbit in The Shelter uh, from 8 Mile, if anybody knows that movie, with Eminem. I agree. Good old nine. Good classic, but damn, good stuff. All right. Uh, welcome, Steve. Good to see you this evening. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I can't wait to get the crown back on my head where it rightfully belongs. Awesome. We'll have to wait and see. And whatever you do, guys, don't you dare call me a scab. Yeah. Yeah, we did kind of railroad you last episode. It's clear you were doing some homework in the in the week that you had off because you came up with this uh, wonderful uh lyrical rhyme for us tonight oh yeah you gotta poke the bear to get him fired up for the good content right all right let's go over to Bayview. he's got a big one 
despite what Steve <laughs> says all the time in his raps, but I do love how he does work it in. But he keeps it freshly squeezed. His name, Matt Michelson. What up, big guy? Well, since uh, <laughs> we're talking about King Booker tonight, and it's been a while since I've held the title, I just got a few words to say, and it's, Can you dig it? Suck up! Great. Ice, ice. Go. That was awesome intro music always got the people going especially when it was uh nitro wcw with the flames the harlem heat the spandex they were like purple red wcw had white wcw did not have the quality of music wwe did but that one stood out that was a banger that was a banger straight up i never knew the quality difference with the music until i heard uh the wolf packs entrance music recently Mm -hmm. within the last year or two I was like, wow, this this was really their song? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sister Sherry coming out. Booker T and Stevie Ray. But yeah, King That's Booker, right. the name that we dub our show for these prediction shows, inspired by the great Booker T. So yeah, good to see you tonight, Matt. How you feeling? All right? I'm feeling phenomenal. I'm ready to win this thing. Mm. Fuck yeah, brah. All right. Let's go to... Our other Midwest neighbor over in Ohio, his name is Gary Williams, the man with the golden pipes. What up, Gary? I got long sideburns and my hair slicked back. I'm coming to your town in my pink Cadillac. I'm just a honky-tonk man. He's a honky-tonk man. Just a honky-tonk man. He's a honky-tonk man. I'm just a honky-tonk man. I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm bad. And uh, that was uh, obviously the uh, theme song for the Honky Tonk Man. And that, uh, my friends, will uh, be a very important clue um, to determining who will pick first this time. So your Honky Tonk history. Fascinating. Point in the show here. Let me get the uh, Google search engine going oh, with boy. Uh, any little <laughs> cheat sheets, but no. And your dog really liked your rendition, too. She perked right up. Or is yeah, it a he? It's Lam- Lambo, uh, after Lambo. Oh, Fields. nice. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's, uh, he definitely is <laughs> uh, our podcast, so uh, it's all good. He's we a have, good boy. Definitely have one really good faithful listener. That's good. Yep. Absolutely. Make sure he gives us five stars. Uh, he will. <laughs> he will. I. Uh, it'll be pof. It'll be pofficked. Hey, awesome. Well, like we said, we got the prediction show to get to tonight. We got to run down a bunch of matches, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. But unfortunately, we have to start the show on a little bit of a somber note. Uh, we lost uh, an icon in the wrestling world uh, just a few days back. Terry Funk, the Funker, passed away. And then today, shockingly, when we record this on Thursday night, just hours before we sat down, um, Wyndham Rotunda, better known as Bray Wyatt or The Fiend, uh, tragically passed away too, which was shocking. So two big moguls in the business. Um one more tragic. I didn't I wasn't really familiar with Terry's health. I don't know if he was struggling or how that was going, but when I heard the news, it's it sent uh, quite the shockwave through the wrestling world 
Every show paid tribute to him, and rightfully so. The guy um, basically put his body on the line in harm's way numerous times for years and years for our entertainment. And uh, I hope his family is doing okay, and we're going to miss him. You guys got any memories of the Funker? Um, I, I think I recently mentioned this, and I actually have probably mentioned it a number of times on the show, depending on the theme we were talking about. But that feud, I mean, he had so much. You could spend multiple shows on him. But that feud with Ric Flair was kind of, I feel like, when I started getting into the uh, WCW. And uh, it just was so well done. And just that that I quit match was so brutal mm. that, uh, yeah, man, that that's one of those feuds that just stuck with me to this day. I first experienced Terry Funk when I was maybe 12, 13 years old in WWF when he was playing the role of Chainsaw Charlie, which was probably not one of his better shticks that he had in his career. Uh, He had fun with it. But I think the moment where I realized what all the hype was about um, was years later in ECW's, uh, what was it, One Night Stand 2006. He had this insane hardcore match where at one point he's wrapped in barbed wire and just covered in blood on the floor and at that point in my life it was by far the most like violent bloody match i'd ever seen and you know you hear stories about him and mick foley being really tight and for me that kind of solidified like who i knew him as obviously yeah steve to your point rick flair terry funk classic rivalry at this point but he just wore so many different hats and worked so many different types of matches throughout his career you could really pick any you know era within his career and probably pull out something really good which i feel like i need to go back and probably do that totally gary yeah um terry funk um truly a legend in terms of the number of decades that he wrestled in i mean you think about just his whole career um, and the fact that his brother is, you know, Dory Funk is still training people today, like, and still, mm-hmm. you know, making appearances. Um, the one thing that I, I kept hearing from interviews and just little things I was picking up over the, even in the last couple of days, just how, how good of a person he was, despite how rough and tumble and, you know, almost, um, dastardly heelish that he had been in most of his career just the amount of people that you know praised him for being such a good person a good friend and then and somebody who really loved the business and so um i'm um i think uh i definitely see in our in our near future a great terry funk episode and uh, i hope the, the our listeners will enjoy that and because i know i'm going to enjoy going back and doing some research and having us have a conversation about him because I think it'll be really fascinating to see all the different lives that he touched in wrestling mm-hmm. and he influenced. Um, and, and I, I, I would, I would really, I, I think the wrestling world would be remiss of it. If he still, if his impact isn't still going to be held, um, it isn't still going to happen over the next, even in the next decade. Um, despite him not no longer being with us physically, uh, but his work and his work rate, his his, um, his selling—I mean, he just he was masterful in the ring. Uh, I just remember lots of, you know, some of the my fondest Terry Funk memories um, were more playful as well, but they were also in the uh, heyday of you know the WrestleMania two Junkyard Dog feud and the branding iron and and working with Jimmy mm-hmm. Hart. I mean, they had some just amazing. 
amazing matches on Saturday night's main event and different things. And so, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to uh, honor him uh, at a later time. And I think it'll be a great episode that I think we can do, you know, in the near future. Absolutely. I would really like to hear that. And um, he would be a fascinating guy to do a deep dive on. Uh, Cause before we started recording, I said like the guy, the way his matches uh, worked me, I was at a tender age where I was, I really thought, you know, these guys were really beating the shit out of each other. And I mean, they kind of were, but Gary did mention like they were pros and they knew how to take care of one another. But I really thought this guy was just, I felt sorry for him all the time. <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, just, just end the match. Like, so <laughs> I didn't really like enjoy watching him wrestle so much. He was that good. So, I mean, I hope that's a compliment. Um, but also probably his work and his later work with ECW, I remember him and Sabu had some stuff going Mm -hmm. too. I mean, that's some pretty legendary rivalry right there and entertainment for those sickos, um, during that time was crazy. And then, uh, my, my favorite match, the, um, hell, hell in the cell undertaker versus mankind. Uh, when was it? 1998. Or was it 2004? Uh, our listeners are going to have to go back and listen to last I thought it was episode. 2021. 2021? Well, yeah, yeah, either way. Whatever year it was. In Pittsburgh. I know that's where it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah, after Mankind got thrown off the top of the cage and they brought him, they had to lift the cage to get the stretcher around the ring. And, like, when I saw Terry Funk out there to see if Mick Foley was still alive and, like, if Terry Funk's out there, then you know what's bad. Because if he's worried, shit. yeah, yeah. So and, that's another thing that I heard just that choke slam that that choke slam was actually intentional on his part to try to give man to give Foley more time to recover. So he he figured out a way to get to the Undertaker and was like, just give me a choke, you know, kind of you know, let let's go yeah. a little time and uh, and it just shows the kind of person he is. I mean, he's like this, totally. is, but the show is going on and he's like, I gotta, I gotta find a way to keep this going. And so um, I, I what a pro. That, heard that story. Um, I was listening to um, uh, bully Ray last night after um, the after show after dynamite, which actually is a really good show, by the way. Um, it's a lot tamer in terms of not being as chaotic as busted open is. And he does a really good job just kind of, you know, talking about dynamite, but also just this happened to be right after that happened. So there's some really cool right. stories. Absolutely. Um, yeah, when you boys are ready to do the Terry Funk episode, I will oh, yeah. eagerly await that when you guys find some time. So uh, fans, stay tuned for that. But then, yeah, this Bray Wyatt one came across the wire today. We knew he had a life-threatening illness, and that's what kept him out of the wrestling world for you know, better close to a year now. And there was rumors that he was coming back, but he still wasn't 100%. Apparently... Um, you know, it's hard to say exactly what it was and what the cause was, but it sounds like he had a heart attack and it was influenced by COVID of what's been recently released, like the COVID disease exasperated a heart attack. But everything that I've been uh, reading from fellow fans that knew, loved him and knew him better than uh, any of us had just said what a wonderful mind this guy was and just overflowing creativity and, um, and 
yeah, we got to see that. I mean, he was huge. The Wyatt family was probably one of the best things going uh, during a time when WWE didn't have a tongue going for it. And, um, you know, Brody Lee was mm-hmm. in there. I mean, Redbeard. So, I, I mean, it's just it's just very crazy. I mean, like I said, this just came across today, and it's just kind of – I think a lot of the wrestling world is just like, man, we're never going to see what this the hell? guy again. Yeah. Which is really, really messed up. But, um, you know, The Fiend wasn't really my thing, but I know it was a lot of people's things. He was very popular. But, uh, I mean, what he did with the Wyatt family, how it kind of had like that Bayou, sicko, um, like voodoo kind of feel to it. That was really fresh and original and how he delivered his uh, promos with that with that fedora, with the Hawaiian shirts. Like, it was really good. And, I mean, this guy was talented. He could wrestle. He had it all. And it's just, yeah, totally gone too soon. So this one hit home uh, pretty hard today, boys. When I got back into wrestling in 2014, 2015, the Wyatt family was definitely one of the groups that I gravitated toward immediately. Because, to your point, Mike, it was so fresh, so new. Admittedly, I was also one of the Fiend lovers when he first brought out that gimmick, too. I think the debut of the Fiend at SummerSlam when he just decimated Finn Balor was one of the best book things WWE has done in years. And Mm. it really resonated with a lot of people. That's why a lot of viewers stuck with it, despite, you know, bad booking, for the lack of a better term, (laughs) you know, following on that. It's a good point. And so, yeah, this one really rocked me. I was looking at this, and when we were texting about it before we started recording, I mentioned this to my wife, Becky, and even she was asking, like, do they know why? Like, what happened? Because as much of a casual fan as she is, like, she knows Bray Wyatt. She knows The Fiend. Like, it's one of those characters that whether you're a wrestling fan or not, you recognize this. And, yeah, this was a big one. Um, I'm the youngest person on this podcast, and I was just, you know, looking into this earlier. Bray Wyatt was born in 87. I was born in 85, so I was actually a couple years older than him. It's just, it's sad. I mean, what more Mm -hmm. can you say about it? Well, and it, it goes deeper than that too, um, Matt, to your point. I mean, the Rotunda family is a, I, another, you want to talk, we could mm-hmm. do, we could do tw- 20, 10 or 15 hours of podcasts on that family, but that, that, that's a, you know, I mean, I, imagine being that, you know, um, and just imagine that, that family, I mean, IRS still, you know, uh, he's still making appearances every once in a while and doing his shtick and his gimmick and just, you know, the rotundas, the Wyndhams, the Blackjacks, all related. Um, that is an iconic group of wrestlers who really, um, you know, who really made huge impacts and not just in Texas, um, but in Florida and in the AWA and the WWF. And so, you know, he was, he was a generational talent and, um, you know, imagine Bo Dallas has probably got to be devastated. Oh yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, it is, it's heartbreaking to see that happen and, you know, and to see someone who, who truly was, you know, there's a lot of cinematic type wrestling that I can be like, I can give or take, right. Like I'm kind of like, man, you know, like, but his always was, I mean, that thing he did with John Cena, as messed up as that was, was crazy. Pretty good. groundbreaking stuff. Yeah. Breaking stuff. Very much so. And, um, and yet he, 
he could wrestle like and that oh for sure he was such a good wrestler and 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 that's the only part that i think to some degree that i always kind of like got frustrated with him is because he he would concentrate so much on the cinematic stuff that he would then sacrifice his actual wrestling sometimes i think and it was unfortunate because he was a great worker and i loved his matches and so uh, but yeah just super sad and um yeah that's a tough one totally he will be missed um more will probably be released uh yeah matt that's a crazy stat i can't believe that you know we're older than him and he passed away of that especially someone like i don't work out i mean to be a wrestler you kind of like are working out even if you're not like hitting the weights and or, or the treadmill i mean you're in the ring throwing heavy body bodies around like in great shape and to have that happen it's just just mind-blowing so um yeah prayers to his family and um you know gone too soon for sure but uh yeah we got to get it going about this prediction show uh for all in in wembley happening in london england incredible it's booked with 80,000 people going to be in attendance and millions watching around the world uh, it's the first time that AEW is actually making its way across the pond too. So epic shit right there. And I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm looking at this card and there's a lot on here that could be really, really good. And we're going to run it all down now. So like I said, at the beginning of the show, the prediction show is we predict the matches. We try to predict it correctly. We try to steal uh, a point from one another by offsetting seeing who picks what we do get a kick out. So if we decide we made the wrong choice, we can kick out before the end of the show and change one of those. But I mean, to be the King Booker, it is, is an honor and we've never had a perfect card before. We're still in search of that. We've gotten pretty close, but um, yeah, it's going to be fun. So part of the advantage is to see, what others pick before you because if you see an opening where i might be able to steal one because every point counts it's just like golf and putting they all count if you can win by one it's still a win so uh gary who is current king booker new to the program got his first king booker title let's see if he can hang on to it but the old king bookers always make this rule to see who will go last and get the advantage to see what others pick. So Gary, do you have a rule for us to see um, who will get the honor of going last? I do. So I alluded to this earlier uh, with the honky talk man. So this is going to be a uh, price is right kind of uh, challenge. Um, So the honky talk man is, um, and uh, what the long, one of the longest reigning uh, intercontinental champions of all time. In fact, his reign was 453 days, but mm-hmm. there was somebody who has the second longest reign um, who, yeah, see uh, there is someone with the second longest reign who is just shy of that, but cumulatively this wrestler actually had more days of being intercontinental champion than anyone and so that wrestler so the wrestler his name is pedro morales oh i just thought it was someone else that was don morocco close but this wrestler cumulatively has more days 
So without closest without going over, how many days did Pedro Morales hold the intercontinental title? And again, these are not, this was not consecutive. This was total. total. In- mm. Mm. Okay. Good question. All right. I'll say 656 because that's the number that popped into my head. That's funny because I, wow. Great lovers think alike, Steve. Honest to God, I'm going to tell you the number that I thought of before you said that, 650. Okay. And I'm going to say the number I was thinking, which is 637. Oh, my God. Well, you've all gone over. Mm, Shit. So we can, but there is one of you that is much closer than the others. That is for sure. And so, Matt, Gosh. you are closest. Uh, you've gone over. All, since you've all gone over, we may as well just allow you that honor because the total number was 619 days. Oh, so wow. Just, Not bad, Matt. Good um, job. I'll take you. It. Um, are the closest, even though you went over. But since you all went over, yeah, we got we've got things to get done. We're not rehashing this, so congratulations, no, Matt. Absolutely, Thank Matt you. was the and closest. It, no problem. I got a lot. Like and after this, I'm going to Google who Pedro Morales was. But for oh, now, don't let's you get dare! Into the predictions. Oh, <laughs> oh, will you stop? Okay. Will you stop? Great. So Matt gets to go last. Gary is current King Booker. We have to run down all in at London, England. 80,840 tickets have been distributed. I cannot wait. Let's go. All right. Match number one. Aussie Open, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. Current Ring of Honor Tag Team Champs versus MJF and Adam Cole. All right. So. This might be the match that Mick Jagger actually comes out to because he's getting kind of old and he probably doesn't want to be up late and wait around for the main event at the end. So if they start the show hot and have Mick come out and sing Sympathy of the Devil, uh, we don't need to get points there. But if Mick Jagger comes out, I should automatically win King Booker, no matter any of these. I'm just saying. I I think I'd be okay with that. But (laughs) I would be in full agreement as well. Thanks, boys. All right. Well, I'll say um, I think Aussie Open's going to win this. I think this is the match that's going to set up more uh, story for the main event later. MJF and Adam Cole will dissolve and, you know, somebody's going to cost somebody somewhere. So I think Aussie Open's going to retain. Plus, Aussie Open is kind of kick ass. So let's see him keep those Ring of Honor championships because Adam Cole, Bebe, and MJF are kind of above that too. So, yeah, I'm going Aussie Open. Um, Can I make my pick? Sure. My pick is Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Oi, oi, oi. Oi, oi, oi. Yes. No, I agree. I think they're going to win. I, this doesn't seem like this is going to be some way, somehow, I think, how the thing dissolves and sets up the main event. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, conventional. I mean, you could go. I mean, there's lots of ways they could go. One of the partners doesn't show up. So essentially the other one's on his own. Like, I mean, I don't know. This is going to be fun. I know Eric Bischoff and his infinite stodgy old bitching about AEW thought it was stupid that uh, MJF is on the pre-show, but I think this is brilliant. This is a perfect tease and it's going to be great, but I think Aussie open comes out champs. And I also love Aussie open. I think they're amazing. Right. 
Hopefully it gets those drunk Brits in there sooner than later, too. That's that's right, bruv. <laughs> what do you think, Gary? I am picking MJF and Cole. Wow. Interesting. Hmm. And say that this is how how the awkwardness will begin is they actually become tag champions. And then so it almost solidifies that they have to be together no matter what happens. And mm. so um, I don't necessarily feel like it's going to be a long reign. I think this is just kind of one of those things. But um, I, I'm, I'm, since I already in my youthful time here on the podcast have already won King Booker, I feel like this card for me, I'm going really aggressive with some storyline swerves. So I'm coming right out with it. <laughs> You're yeah. taking the Mike Bate approach. I like um, it. <laughs> oh, I think it would be hilarious. Um, I'm picking this card the way I would want it to happen, and that would be they win awkwardness um, because it will continue to build this, like, oh, my gosh, these guys are really friends. And then all of a sudden, you know, later on, things will happen. So that's my goal. I like it. Good shit. Well, Gary, Matt? yeah, you that that did cross my mind. But despite that, I'm going to stick with Aussie Open. I it, it just I can't imagine AEW not booking some sort of big payoff to this Adam Cole MJF alliance that they've had now for the past few months. If they're going to do a blow off of some kind where they finally turn, whether it's Cole turning on MJF, MJF turning on Cole, or there's like a triple swerve somehow in there, this is the night to do it. One of the biggest wrestling shows of all time. Like you can't not do it here. I I understand they've held out some other things for all out which is coming up in a few weeks at the same time i mean come on give the people what they want so got to give the people what they want yeah aussie open for the win oi, oi, oi. hell yeah good stuff let's keep her moving we're going to jack perry uh current ftw champ versus hook you know taz is pissed and he's gonna be fiery uh when this uh match goes down so Jack Perry versus Hook, who's going to take this one? I'll say I'll say Jack, no. I'll say Hook. <laughs> I'm just going to say Hook. Cuz I I like Hook. And uh let's let's give him a big win on a big stage and actually Jack Perry is doing really really good things. I think this I think this match is going to be good for a pre-show match. And um, it's going to get the people fired up. Hopefully not too fired up where they lose steam, but I think it's going to be quality. And I'm just going to go hook on this. No real big reason. Steve? Okay, I'll go. Um, I re- This is like a toss. Well, no, it's not. Um, I'm going to go hook because I just think, you know, they built up the Mystica hook and he lost, which was perfect timing. I mean, he had to lose eventually. And I think the way he did, but I think he's got to come back and get his father's honor here. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, jungle boy, I'm sorry, Jack Perry um, has titles in his future, but, uh, and this is sort of a quasi title. I think you give it back to the, the namesake. So I think, um, I think hook's going to win as well. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think I think at the end of the day, um, you know, all of these ECW type players are going to kind of maybe find their way back to the ring and uh, somehow, some way they're going to help hook, you know, kind of get the win and get the pride back to uh, ECW. And I think it'll be a good kind of like feel good moment before the 
before the matches really before the main card begins. Hundred percent agree. Hook for the win. Somehow Taz is involved in the finish, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, awesome. that's a good point. You know, uh, I don't know how much I don't think Taz can get real physical, but that doesn't mean he can't get involved. And it's like if this is the moment in time he does something, there's no better time for Hook, this character of Taz. Plus, I mean, you, you know, Jerry Lynn, Rob Van Dam, like they've made their appearances, but they haven't necessarily. I, I, I just have a hard time thinking that he's not going to that somehow they're not going to weave some of those guys in. That'd be fun. Like Rob Van Dam, who would be over like Rover over in England, you know what I mean? Like people go bonkers, you know? And so if I'm Tony Khan, I play, and I'm playing my cards to make sure that this show is, I'm using ap- absolutely everyone humanly possible. I can to get a pop and, um, and, and using those guys as either distraction or somehow getting involved would be, you know, epic, kind of an epic way to start to really kick off the show. It would be good. Yeah. Those uh, those fans over at Wembley would eat that up for sure. And this match, I'm going to be eating up for sure. But do we know the status on um, uh, Cash Wheeler here? He got into I, some trouble. Is he going to be able to go over there? I mean, the fact that yesterday was live and they advertised the match, I think it's it's business as usual. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm talking about FTR, current champions. Uh, going up against the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, who always, uh, I mean, these FTR Young Bucks matches are just insane. It's going to be incredible. Um, I don't know, man. <sighs> I got to stick with FTR. Uh, I don't really know what the story is going. I I haven't played, paid close attention to the drama, and I haven't picked up any hints. But, I mean, the Young Bucks... This would be the stage for them, like with this being such a historical show and them being so high up in the company internally, they could book themselves at, as winners and then FTR could be the pros that they are. Just be like, all right. Um, um, He's arguing uh, with himself. Fuck me. Yeah, I know. Why don't you guys pick for once? I always kind of lead it off. Show me the way. I'm going with FTR, and here's the reason. I think they're too too much staples on Collision, and I just don't think that um, they're going to disrupt that quite yet. Um, they're too important to that show. The titles are too important. And the Young Bucks are in a place where I just don't feel like they have to have titles. Like, they don't need them. Like, and they don't need to win. They're, they, they don't need to win, and they don't have to have titles. Um, and as much as people might have criticisms of them from an added added from their attitude or from demeanor or whatever. I think that they have consistently shown an ability to put other people over. And so I think FTR for me is to me, this is a no brainer FTR. Yeah. I'm going to go with FTR because don't you think the young bucks actually get some residuals from the ticket sales being so high up in the company too. So they're getting paid off of these ticket sales, I think. So yeah, I'm going to go with FTR with my gut feeling. Uh, yeah, Steve, what are you thinking? Oh, Bucks. <laughs> I'm are you kidding. Being serious? No, okay. I'm not. <laughs> I, uh, sorry. 
A box. I, uh, the box. No, uh, I'm going FTR. Absolutely. I think I, the Bucks don't need it. I don't think it's the right call. I think FTR is on this. Honestly, there's a part of me, and I would not put money on this, but there's a part of me that thinks this is sort of like the farewell tour of FTR because they've said it enough times that the you know maybe their years are less than than not. I could see AEW having them run the table and retire champions whenever that time is. But maybe that will, maybe that won't happen. But I think regardless, they're not going to lose this match. I think they're just, you know, they're really cementing them as an all-time great. And they, the Bucks don't need it. I yeah. agree. I, I think AEW is doing a really good job making FTR feel like the best team of all time. And we know the Bucks are. I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb here because you got to play to win. I'm going to go for the Bucks in this case. Um, no, Bucks. Yeah. The Bucks. I mean. My sources, the Bucks. England loves the young bucks and regardless of whether they're playing heel or baby face in this feud, which frankly, I don't really know what dynamic they have going into this, but I feel like England's going to want to cheer them on the night. And can, man, can you just imagine the pop if they win the mm-hmm. match and, and there's a title change in Wembley that I think that's the one thing we haven't really talked about is like, will there be a title change? I mean, there's other belts on the line and we'll, we'll get to those matches, but yeah, I, I'm going to go young bucks on this one. I think. All right, I like that play. I know their outfits are going to be awesome. They're going to probably course. come out there in the Union Jack slacks. And, Thousand dollar uh, you know, book shoes. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I know that for sure. I can't wait to he- I see the pop, like you said, Matt. And hopefully they open the show with this. But oh, we got to predict that. That's one of our stipulations in the Keep the Kayfabe prediction shows. You gain an extra point if you pick the opener. But we'll get to that for sure soon. We just have to run down some other matches first. And it's next one is a four-way match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Current world champion, Haikuru Shida versus Tony Storm versus Soraya and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Come on, guys. Like, okay, I should have just said Sheeta. Yeah, I put myself <laughs> out there. I didn't have to say her first name, but I I say her first name. We still name, haven't right? said it yet. I'm not dancing around it. <laughs> I think Mike's turning heel on us. Yeah, that was a heel <laughs> promo if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I paid my dues. Not <laughs> be mocked again. I'm fine with it. I'm just creating content for you guys. No problem. I like it. Genius. All right. Well, we got a four-way match here between uh, these ladies. All are really, really great wrestlers. But, I mean, this whole this is uh, Soraya's territory here. This is where she's from. It'd be pretty fucking awesome to see her get the belt in this. I don't really know what the story is going on, and it's not like the women's championship has really held any value. I think this is just kind of the traveling, you know, belt that, where whatever wherever it is i mean if it's Britt baker in pittsburgh if this show is being held there i mean it's going to go on Britt. i just have a feeling it's going to go on soraya because she's the hometown gal so i'm going soraya i'm with you i i think that this sets up her and tony storm and finally maybe the outcast getting busted up a little bit which would be great because it's getting, getting old fast yeah no um, one really cares yeah, and then having Ruby Soho have to kind of like mediate. So I'm all for um, Soraya actually winning. And, and, you know, 
she from attending live events like she really is actually a great entertainer like she does a great job riling people up and whatever and so I just have a hard time seeing them going into Wembley with her not coming out sure I hate to say this, but uh, I agree. I think Soraya, that's what I've thought. I think this is the perfect setup for her. You know, probably one last title run. I think it's tailor-made. Tony Storm's kind of becoming unhinged. So it's like Soraya costs her the belt and she goes mental. And, they, you know, there's a feud there. And it, guy, please, if the lo- the gods of wrestling, please put an end to the outcasts. Um, right. So I think that's a good way to do it. No Jamie Hader in this match, so that makes me feel all the more strongly about that because I think, you know, before we knew what was going on, I had this hunch, like a lot of people, that Jamie Hader would make her big return and win the title, but that's not happening. So I think Soraya is your next best bet. Yeah, Jamie Hader would be my pick, but obviously she's not in the match. Um, I was actually... I was really undecided on this match because, frankly, this is probably the one I care about the least on the whole card. Tony Storm would have been my original pick, but I think you guys have talked me out of it. I think I'm going to go Soraya for all the same reasons you guys just said. It just makes too much sense. Yeah. And I mean, when are they ever going to experience a pop like this? It's set up for her. And it's not like they're going to be running back to Wembley anytime soon when Soraya is in this good of shape. So I think this is just going to be one of the feel good moments of the evening. So. Let's put it on her. Let's celebrate. Let's move on. Let's go to Darby Allen and Sting versus Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage with Steve's boy, Prince Nana, and Luchasaurus in a coffin match. This is going to be fun. So Darby Allen and Sting, unbelievable tag team. Swerve Strickland, he's he's a great heel. Love him. Huge Christian fan. Cage, unbelievable heel. Oh right my now. god, that, hot, that, hot as hot. That promo yesterday was just a frog's hair down from the Luke Perry. He's dead one. I mean, it was so great. Well, it's really good. Just lightning in a bottle right now. Yes, but if we're but if we're picking matches and winners here, Darby Allen and Sting have to win this match. I love Sting's record on pay-per-views. He rarely ever loses, if ever. Has he lost one yet? Nope. Undefeated AEW. And I don't think he's going to lose it in London. He's not going all the way out there and putting the face paint on for nothing. He's going to produce a great match. I mean, these are Christian and Swerve are actually just awesome, believable heels that might might win. And it's going to look like they're they're going to work Sting and Darby really good on this match, I feel like. But I feel like Darby and Sting are going to come up on top at the end. So I'm going Darby, Ellen, and Sting. I mean, I was going to wait since I get to go last. But, Mike, I agree with you. Darby, Ellen, Sting. Like, this is, this is the classic Sting party match that they have at every pay-per-view. It, it, it's a feel-good match. It may go on second to last because I feel like that's where they usually put this match, and it's the perfect spot on the card for it. I realize we're probably not wagering on that as part of this, but yeah, Sting Darby Allen. Cool. It would be it would be a cool swerve, um, just given the circumstances, pun intended. Uh, it would be a cool swerve if Swerve and Cage were to um, somehow get Sting put in the coffin 
and sting disappear for a while only to come back in terms of like a you know resurrection type angle tour of his last matches type of thing but um but with that being said i have a really hard time thinking that this isn't set up for darby and sting you know and um and in both swerve strickland and christian cage have done the done the duty before in these uh types of situations and so um i just think you know i i think darby and sting as well Great. I am never going to pick against Sting until it actually happens. And I, I got this kind of thought that he's going to lose one match in his AEW career and it's going to be his last match. And I also think it would make sense for that to be a singles match. So I don't think it's going to happen here. They had me for a second when uh, they beat Fox and uh, Swerve. And I'm like, wait, you know, usually conventional wisdom would say that they'd flip it then at the pay-per-view. But then they did the whole thing where... They kicked out Fox and put in a new partner. So that made me all the more certain that I think Sting and Darby are going to win again. With Nana. Yeah, Prince Nana will be heavily involved. And I will reiterate what I've said before, that if I could become at this point in my tender age of 49, a uh, AEW pro wrestler, I would pick Prince Nana to be my manager. Nana. Nana. That's not a bad idea. Let's go to (laughs) Mitch. Match number six on our prediction show here. It's the Golden Elite, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Hangman, Adam Page, versus fuck, Kanosuke Takeshita. Perfect. Perfect. The Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson and Jay White. This is a six-man tag team, and this match is absolutely loaded with talent. Oh. The Bullet Club Gold is that I am feeling this group. I think Juice Robinson and Jay White are doing amazing things for AEW right now, really bolstering the roster in big, big ways. We know what Kenny Omega does. We know what Hangman does. I don't know, man. I gotta, I gotta go a little risky here, and I want to go with the Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson and Jay White and Takeshita. So. I'm going that group to win this one. Respectable. I actually agree with you. Uh, I'm going to go with them too. And, and I, this is kind of one of those situations where for me, like, I think what's who needs it more type of thing. And the golden elite don't need, they don't need to win. Like they really don't. Uh, They're over like Rover anyways, they're always going to be. And, and this is just another example. I think, Again, this is a really key collision kind of group, the Bullet Club Gold. And I think they've done the job a couple times already now um, in, in a way that I think, it, you know, I I, I think I, I said this in our group chat, but when they lost the, the tag team match to FTR, I was really worried that they were going to get buried and they just got more powerful. So my hope is that uh, I think both... Uh, Takeshita and and Bullock of Gold need need to continue to be hot and heat, and that's why I'm I'm going with that. I agree. Um, I hadn't really thought about that, but Gary, you make some really good points. I think the whole Don Callis Kenny Omega like steaming rivalry that was doing a really good job brewing it, it really they really cooled it off all of a sudden, and it's kind of disappointing. I think 
Takeshita teaming up with Bullet Club Gold, getting a win over the Elite would do a good job to start to reheat Kenny and Takeshita because, you know, if that's what they're going for at All Out in a few weeks, yeah, get reheat it, get it back to where it was, and then let's see it through to the end. So, yeah, uh, Bullet Club Gold for me, too. Wait a second. Is that confirmed? Is it Kenny Omega and Takeshita at uh, All Out? It isn't, but I could see this match kind of being used as a way to build to it. Well, I think you guys make good points, but I think, you know, as usual, you're wrong. I think uh, the Golden Elite is going to win. I think that's going to be one of your pops of the night because, you know, Kenny's so popular and Hangman's so popular that, uh, yeah, I think they're going to win. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Bullet, Bullet Club Gold, but... Uh, I think you got to go with Kenny's big, big showing in, uh, in London, and he's going to win. And I'm going to well, gain a point on you. Yeah. I might want to kick out of this because. Of course you do. They, if Kenny puts one of these guys in the one winged angel, that's it. Juice. And these, these fans are going to be chomping at the bit with their buttery fish and chip fucked up teeth. Gnashing for a one winged angel, and they're gonna you're gonna let that humanoid talk you into this. I can't believe it. By the way, thanks to all our British listeners, don't you know, take it personally (laughs) about your teeth. Yeah, I'm sure it's gotten a lot better. Either book sales, I know you, yeah, I did get a book sale, two book sales from UK yesterday. I love you and your teeth. Well, I'm sure the pages are a little scraped up if they're reading it close to their face. Right. But uh, I, I, I think I'm going to use my kick out and go with the Golden Elite because I think there's going to be a one winged angel in there and nobody's going to kick out of that. So oh, I'm going I'm going with the Golden Elite. I did not think that through enough. It's OK. It's, you know, I understand why you'd want the creative muse, i.e. me, to guide you to the, the promised land. Yeah. Well, the Golden Lovers, you can't spell Golden we are the golden lovers. Golden elite. There's something. There's something showery gold about the two of you. That's for sure. Well, hey, sprinkle right. time. <laughs> Let's get to the a crazy match. It's the stadium stampede match. Which, by it's the way, I, I own the AEW Fight Forever game, and I think any minute now. I don't know. It might even be available now. They introduced a stadium stampede mode. So wow. I'll be That's practicing be that. Yeah. Well, hopefully they have uh, soccer balls in the video game because I'm sure somebody's going to get a soccer ball punt to the gonads in this one. But let's see who's participating in it first. It's Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, and Penta El Cerro Nero versus the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta. And Santana Ortiz are back. That was pretty cool. cool. Hell yeah, it was. They're looking good. They did. So, so yeah, I'm into it. Um, You know, the stadium stampede match, um, Santana and Ortiz were the first ones to ever participate in it. So they're seasoned in this. Um, I just think Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, and the best friends with Penta, they're not a cohesive unit like the Blackpool Combat Club. And I don't know. 
they just the Black Cole Combat Club has that style for this match, and adding Santana and Ortiz to it only strengthens it. So I'm going the BCC as much as I don't really love them. But isn't Blackpool in London anyway? Is that where this name came from? From Lord Stephen? It's not Regal? in London. It's in the UK. Yes, it's a the city. UK or Manchester or some shit. No, so, it's yeah. its own city. Got it. So I'm going the BCC. I'm so disrespecting the United Kingdom. And I studied they know. abroad there. I studied abroad there. Back what was her name? <laughs> Had a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Katie. Anyway. Yeah. Had a great time. It was awesome. So uh, no disrespect, but uh, can't wait for the stadium stampede match. I'm going Dude, BCC, though. No you're, not dis- you're not disrespecting the UK at all. I mean, we heard you last week. Dennis, you oh, said yeah. the Mega Powers broke up in the city of Wisconsin. It's fine. Um, it's, it's just, it's a thing. Um, and and again, I know I'm slated to go last year, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out my you're, thoughts. You're on violating. This. this is the third time you violated that. I, it's an option, and I'm just gonna forgo my. Options. I respect it. So, I think the Blackpool Combat Club is gonna win this one. Frankly, I don't care who wins this match one bit. It's going to be the most fun match on the card with the exception of maybe the sting match. I mean, think about the past stadium stampede matches and how creative these guys get. And then now you're putting them in the city of London and then you're going to have them actually come into the stadium, which is a full blown stadium with people because most stadium stampede matches I feel like we've seen have been sort of in the pandemic era where you haven't really gotten that interaction with the crowd this is going to be on a whole nother level i'm so looking forward to this like i said frankly i don't give a shit who wins if blackpool combat club put it down we'll, we'll see what happens you know what i would like to see too is it like some mean street hooligan kind of shit kind of like a soccer rivalry like how they really get into like these gang warfare kind of <laughs> things that could be worked in at a nice little angle oi 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 gary you're thinking. I I am actually. Um, I just I'm just having a hard time seeing um, Kingston and Orange and those guys losing, um, especially mm-hmm. given that the dastardly deed that just happened. You know, with um, you know on on dynamite, so. I'm going Kingston, Orange, Best Friends, Penta. Okay. Um, that I like it. And we'll get to the stipulations right after this, too, because this is what will create the most chop in ours. But let's hear from uh, Steve, who is always confident with his pick. What do you got here, yeah, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is these are these moments where... Uh... It just solidifies that Gary's not going to return as the champion because um, he couldn't be more wrong. Um, <laughs> I think uh, BCC, they're going to win. Uh, okay. I, I kind of am with Matt. It's like I don't really care. I just It'll be fun. I don't care about the feud as much. I mean, I think they've done a decent job with it. But I also have to accept that even though I'm not a big BCC fan and this feud feel, you know, it is what it is. It will be a damn fun match. And I just think the Blackpool Combat Club kind of needs to win this. I think if they don't, their mystique as these like unbridled badasses. Um, right. And all giving shit 
to Gary aside, I do think I don't put a lot of stock into the injury to Ray Phoenix because that was a means to an end because he can't travel. So it's like, I feel like that was a last minute decision, not a, oh my God, this rallying cry to like defend his honor, but uh, it'll be fun. I don't feel really strongly about my choice, but I got to pick one. The part right. that the part that I think is going to be the wild card is Santana Ortiz because yeah. they really don't belong with the Blackpool Combat Club. And so the question Yet. is... They fit great, though. They, I could, they but, could. I mean, the question just is, is, is that an arranged marriage? And is it just one of those things that's that's going to implode once they get together, you know? I think they're the thing that the Blackpool Combat Club need. The only thing that made the Blackpool Combat Club cool was Lord Steven Regal. I completely agree. And without him, like, it's kind of dumb. So I kind of like this addition because Santana and Ortiz are a great tag team, but when they're in, like, a stable of some sort, makes them more interesting. So let's uh, create these um, scenarios. Who will pin the person on the other team? Who gets the pin and who takes the fall? So to gain an extra point, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, let's give it to Santana. And he's going to pick that doofy looking guy, Chuck Taylor. That's my pick. That's a bold pick. Can I say can I say something? Sorry, real quick. I'm not going to make my pick yet because I think Matt was about to. But um, this is not a criticism because I'm not that kind of asshole. But is, like, Chuck Taylor's got something going on, doesn't he? Like like some serious rosacea or something, doesn't he? Because you guys notice he looks really like red faced. And I've noticed that for the last couple months. But next time, like really look closely. There's something going on with his face. Yeah, he was really? a little like he's got the Irish flush going on. I think I think it might be uh, rosacea, but uh, well, London uh, will be a great place for him to visit. Then, if that's the case, <laughs> yeah, Steve, have a couple uh, Carlsbergs. You, Steve, I like to think you're right, Mike. I think you probably realistically might be a little closer, but regardless, um, I know I picked the Blackpool Combat Club to win, so I'm sticking by that. I think Moxley's going to be the one to get the pin, and it's going to be Chuck Taylor to eat the pin. Okay. I'll just go right away. I think Chuck Taylor's taking the I think he's taking the L. Um no offense to him. I'm I'm a fan, but uh I think that's your logical choice now as far as who gives him that. That's boy. You know, I'm going to go crazy here. My least favorite person in the entire match. One of my least favorite people in AEW. I think Wheeler Yuta is going to beat him. Yeah. I was thinking that like that guy needs something. Because after that match with Moxley, like we're like, holy fuck, this guy's the next coming of Christ. And then crickets. My so. problem with him is he's just a lousy. I think he's a lousy heel. I think he, when he was kind of that earnest right. sort of bumbling his promos, but was like really a good guy. I think that kind of was endearing. But trying to be a hard ass when he just doesn't come across. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Wheeler's, he's a good guy. He's a good yeah. guy. Gary. Who's gonna Who's gonna do some shit for your team of Eddie Kingston and friends? I think Eddie Kingston's gonna pin Moxley. Oh, I love it! Ooh, bold booking. I kind of I, I would be happy if they did that. I think Ed, Ed, I think that Eddie deserves that. That'd be great I mean, it, to some degree, right? Like, uh, you know, Eddie was like, "I'm gonna do something about this," right? And so, like, I mean, I don't know. 
I kind of looked at that as like, okay, well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, again, you can't, you can't win by only picking conventional things. And so I feel like this is one of those where, um, I, I think, oh, I'm with all of you on this. I don't really care who wins. I think it's going to be a great match. It's going to be awesome. So if I lose awesome, but if I, if I'm going to go with my pick, then I would, I would want Kingston to pin Moxley somehow and gain a measure of respect and revenge against him um, so that they can then kick off something that's going to happen going down the road. Sounds brilliant. Yeah. If they book it right, for sure. And I mean, if you want to go with that pick that you made Gary, that's how you follow through. So you could clean up a little bit here on us. All right, let's go to match number eight. It is Will Ospreay with Don Callis versus Chris Jericho. Oh, man. Or is Don Callis with Jericho? No. He's no. with Ospreay. What happened? He's okay, with Ospreay, yeah, yeah. bruv. I thought that was a, a mistake on Wiki here when I'm looking at these. So No way, yeah. bruv. Yeah, so epic promos happening on Dynamite. You saw Will Ospreay pour his heart out, how he's doing this for his stepchild. And, you know, I mean, this guy is... This guy is the Chris Jericho of today. Like what Chris Jericho being this young lion, you know, all over the world doing these things. He's like the next guy. So that's why with conventional wisdom, like why would Will Ospreay lose to an older, slower? He's not honey baked ham as much as he used to, but he does kind of look like someone that shops at, you know, a thrift store and plays bingo a lot and buys beer for underage kids, Chris Whoa. Jericho. So I don't know the a drunker Mike would have said Chris Jericho and just said, fuck it. But there's no way will Osprey will lose to Chris Jericho, right? I agree. I'm going to jump right in. Uh, Osprey has to win this. And I think Jericho has ample history in his career of putting over people. I mean, he freaking, I, I say this all the time. He put over Fandango in his debut at WrestleMania and this guy put over CM Punk at WrestleMania. He puts people over when the time's right. Osprey, there's no reason he should lose this match. I, I I think it would be kind of shitty booking if if Jericho wins. Um, right. And now what that means for Jericho, I don't know, because he's really racked up the L's in the last you know six months. But Osprey has to win, bruv. Yeah, bruv. Gary, yeah. I'm I'm with Steve on this. I. I Osprey for me, um, but it is intriguing to think about what will happen with Jericho. I mean, how, how this will kind of impact him, what role Sammy Guevara plays does, does do, you know, does he get a beat down at the end and then everyone comes to save him and they play Judas to have him leave, you know, um, mm. you know, and, Will uh, will Chris Jericho's band Judas actually perform um, Judas um, because I think that they're playing the O2 Arena the night before or something? Oh like that. man, that'd be amazing! Oh geez. I, I'm pretty sure I heard that on Jericho's podcast. I thought they were they have a concert in England. He said the Do first you, set. Might for as well. all the, you know, like think of this: like imagine. Like, this has never happened before in wrestling, right? Like, that, you know, they, they've had live people perform people's entrance music, but Jericho perform his own entrance music and then kind of just go down to the ring. That would be amazing. 
pretty amazing. It would be pretty awesome. But, but yeah, yeah I mean, but, um, but to the, to the point Osprey, I think he, I don't think he can afford to whip to lose another major match. I think losing it can wait, wait, he beat Kenny. Didn't he? he? Beat, yes, yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just don't see him losing, um, losing a major match. I don't it, either. It, it, it's, it's gotta be Will Ospreay. It, Steve, to your point, it, if they got to book it that way, like that's the only booking decision to me, at least that makes any kind of sense, you know? Um, and, Cause if he's beaten Kenny Omega pretty much straight up clean, I mean, and he can't handle 50, whatever year old Chris Jericho, who has gone from honey baked ham to pulled pork. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's a good lots point. of cool thing. I think one of you, me, uh, Gary touched on this, but they could go lots of different directions. Guerrero has truly been in his back the whole way, but man, talk about cementing Guerrero back as a heel. If he like finally betrays Jericho, he seems like he's all buddy, buddy with him, but yeah, maybe he'll just like join Don Cal. I mean, he'd be great for Don Callis's group. Yeah. This won't mm-hmm. be like a straight up match. There's going to be shenanigans and they're going to fold some storyline into it. Cause otherwise I don't see it being that entertaining. Um, but yeah, will regardless, I think Will Ospreay is going to come away with the win. All right, it's going to be good. I mean, I love the matchup. It's going to be great, and honestly, I'm getting kind of hungry with all this honey baked ham and pulled pork talk. Uh, so I'm going to need a snack for this one. It's CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. That's had a quite a few snacks in his day too. We're not fat shaming here, but he's a big guy. Uh, singles match for the real world championship. CM Punk. You know, not my favorite wrestler. Clearly uh, stated on the show many, many times what the sky is not going to lose in London. I mean, he's going to go out there. I can already fucking see it, man. He's going to go out there. He's going to be at the top of the ramp and he's going to look around with that smile and one of his teeth missing at the side of his mouth. And he's just going to like, oh, wow, this is fucking cool. I'm the fucking man. I've sold millions of T-shirts and I'm selling more tonight. Holy fuck. And I'm going to beat this human mattress, Samoa Joe. Wow. You know what? Great. Let the fans fucking eat it up. Fine. It's not my thing, but I'll get a point because CM Punk is going to win this. And I'm sure you guys are going to pick him too, right? Because who's yes. going to pick Samojo in this, right? No, because, you know, it would even be in the realm of possibility if they didn't have this made up title involved. They're not yeah, doing right? this whole thing with the made up title for him to lose it to freaking Samoa Joe. No, it's Stone don't. Cold Lock CM Punk. Exactly. Yep. Punk's winning. Not even close. Right. I mean, it'll go. Hey, why don't we put in another stipulation here? Let's put a time limit from bell time to when it's over. I'll say eight minutes, 56 seconds. I'll say 15 minutes. Ooh. Okay. It's funny you say that, Steve, because I was going to say 14 minutes. 15 minutes for Steve. Matt, you're going 14? I'm going 14. Okay. 1730. 1730. Gary wow. And I already used my kick out. Uh, okay. So when the bell rings to when it stops, 
So whoever is closest to it will get the point. There's going to have to be some math involved. So whoever's, whoever is the best at math and, uh, I'm probably not that dude. So somebody's going to have, going to have to help old Mike out here with that one. That's okay. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Look in my eyes. What do you see? (laughs) It's the cult of personality. (laughs) And the human calculator, Steve Grobschmidt. That's right, bruv. Yeah, bruv. All right. Let's keep her moving. Fans can only see you look like Fandango right now. That is a Fandango shirt. Thank you. you. Thank you. (laughs) Dirty Dango. That that see-through whatever the hell it is that you're wearing. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, it's a good thing it's uh, not a video podcast because the, you know, the ladies and some of the blokes would uh, be down with that. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, that's right, bros. It's a great summer shirt, but I really wish you would take that wife beater off underneath. Maybe, Just coming maybe from a golden lover. If I'm standing here next time as the booking champion, <laughs> that will happen. Great. Awesome. I'm going to hold you to it. I'm rooting for you, bud. It's incentive to maybe throw your next picks. all right well this one's gonna be a little tough for me personally it's the house of black malachi black buddy matthews and brody king current aew world trios champs versus billy gunn and the acclaimed anthony bowens and max caster as good as steve's rap was at the top of the show this rap is gonna be something fun and these fans are gonna go fucking crazy for it i know that is for sure but I don't think they're going to win the match. I want House of Black to win because I think they're perfect for a trios champion. And Billy Gunn, I thought this dude retired. What happened? He came back? Did well, yeah, when his, when his mates get beat down, he he's not going to stand for that. Plus, I don't think um, you guys realize the magnitude of this, but the House of Black put his boots in the trash compactor and that <laughs> shit all over his legacy. <laughs> and he's not coming back as uh, daddy ass. He's coming back as badass Billy Gunn. Ooh. Well, uh, no, I'm still going to stick with House of Black. I like him. And I think I think uh, the fans are going to enjoy the acclaimed enough with the opening rap. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Mike. I think House of Black retains it. As, as over as the acclaimed are and daddy ass, AKA badass Billy Gunn, Oops. they don't need these titles. House of Black, I feel like they, they deserve they, these titles fit House of Black. Mm-hmm. The acclaimed were great as tag champs. I don't see them as trios champions with Billy Gunn. Um, although now that I'm picturing it in my head, God, that would look really cool. No, I'm sticking with House of Black. I think why do you why do you bring the Billy Gunn back if he's gonna lose again? It doesn't make any sense to me. So like for me, I you know, as much as it sucks because I think the House of Black are great, but the House of Black are great regardless, I think it's time for that trio's title to move. And I think now's now's the time. So I'm going with the acclaimed. Wow. New six man trios champions, brudda. I want you. Okay. I want you. I want you to listen to this, bruvs. Um, 
I agree with Gary. I think absolutely the acclaimed and Billy Gunn are going to win the titles. I think for a few reasons. One, yeah, why is Billy Gunn? They made this huge story of him coming back. It's not going to be a long, I don't think it's going to be a long title run, but it's his swan song. And I think, trust me when I say this, like there's going to, the crowd is going to eat up everything. This show is going to be an unbridled success. The acclaimed and Billy Gunn winning the titles will be um like if you can even differentiate, it'll be top three pops if that happens because they're so over. I think mm. that's what they're gonna do. Mm. Wow, bold predictions from the two buddies from South Milwaukee. Well, I mean, I feel like the acclaimed were they were brought up to this level because of some championships. And they're already on that plane. So I don't even know why they would need some championships. But you boys make some pretty good arguments. So this is a great match for us. Two on the side of House of Black. Two on the Acclaim. I can't wait for it. So we got one more match to run down. It's the main event. Oh, boy. Holy shit. Here we go, boys. It is MJF. It is Adam Cole, baby. In the main event at one of the biggest wrestling shows, and I mean, I'd be shitting my pants if I was these guys. It's crazy. So much has gone into this. Um, has the lead up been awesome? It sure has. So that MJF promo that he did last time on Dynamite, it was amazing. But equally amazing with Adam Cole as well. So I don't know what to think. I mean, Mick Jagger is probably uh, pretty confused, too. I mean, he's old, but he's not on Keep the Kayfabe, and he doesn't have to make a pick. We do. What are we going to say? He's listening, though. Right. Shout out, Mick. Um, I think, I think, I think. He's arguing with himself again. MJF is going to. I don't know. I know. I'm going to say he drops the title to Adam Cole. No, I'm not locking it in. I'm going MJF. I'm locking it in with MJF. All right. It's locked in. Great shape. His promos are great. The fans love him. Adam Cole's skinny. The bigger man's going to win. Sorry. Okay. That's my logic. That's my logic. Just who is fucking bigger? (laughs) Which isn't great. So I don't know. I'm really interested to hear what you guys have. Gary, to say are you going to go or would you like me to go? Because I, I have my pick locked in. Oh, go ahead if you got it locked in. This, I mean, this to me is one of the greatest AEW stories ever told. I mean, if you were to write the Bible over again, this would be the greatest story ever told. Um, that was a bit dramatic. Sorry. Um, I thought Gemini Grow was the greatest story ever told. That's a fair point. Never mind. This is this is third best behind Gemini Girl and the Divided Man. And then by the end of the year, it'll be Amazon. fourth best on Amazon and um, yeah, wherever you get your books. Um, so, yes, this is my prediction. I think this has been a brilliant story told. I think what I love about it is we really don't know, not any one of us with any certainty, what the payoff's going to be. But this is what I think is going to happen. I think conventional wisdom would be that MJF is playing, you know, he's the, he's, he's the devil. He's playing this whole time. This is all disingenuous. I, I 
think he is sincere in being kind of a new man. And I think it's Adam Cole that's completely playing him. I think Roddy Strong's in on it. This is all Mm. Adam Cole being the master puppeteer. And there's going to be shenanigans. And I think Adam Cole Bebe is going to be the new champion. Maybe see Kyle O'Reilly show up. Uh, For sure, I think Roddy Strong gets involved. But I think MJF is going to be the one that's betrayed. That's cool. I would like to see some run-ins. And there would be plenty of opportunity for run-ins. Gary, what do you say? That's that's my pick, too. I hate to agree with Steve a second time in a row. I mean, you know, the golden... That's shower, why I'm undefeated. Golden shower boy with the Fandango shirt. Um, but... <laughs> I, I I think that for me the the beauty of this is watching MJF's transformation into an ultimate babyface, and it's time for Adam Cole to go back to where I think he's much better suited as as a heel. You know, I mean he the faction is brewing, his faction is brewing. I think if he doesn't win, then that faction, you know. The faction does no good with MJF. At least I don't think so. I don't, I don't, you know, that, that would be the double swerve, right? Is if MJF joined the kingdom. I just don't see that happening. I don't, but so I'm, I still think the most hilarious part will be that, yes, Cole will swerve MJF, but they'll be the tag champs. So they're going to have to still be tied to each other and that's where mm. i'm that's the the little uh the the play that i'm hoping for because i think that would be absolutely great must must see tv for yeah it does well because i mean sorry matt right before you make your pick that does make a i like those picks that you made gary because it shows that you thought about it a lot because you picked mjf and Cole to win on the pre-show. So really this whole pay-per-view is kind of built around this story. And Steve said, this has been the greatest story. So yeah, this is, I mean, you got to deliver on a big stage that they're building this show up to be. So I like it. Sorry, Matt. What'd it say you? Well, I think it's going to be MJF. I get that Adam Cole has history with the kingdom and Roddy Strong, and they've got this ROH tag title match at the beginning of the show, which the Kingdom has history with. So it makes all the sense in the world for Adam Cole to, you know, kind of have all the pieces in place. But you know MJF is the mastermind of these kinds of things. And I think about the storyline when he formed the Pinnacle after getting sort of uh, excommunicated from Chris Jericho's original faction, the Inner Circle. And the pinnacle just sort of formed as a surprise twist at the end of the show. It was one of my favorite things in Dynamite history. I can see MJF doing that here again. And then he retains the title. So Cole makes his heel turn. And he has a, you know, a faction behind him for a moment, maybe. But then you realize they're actually with MJF. And Cole is just kind of left out to dry. And maybe he's got something else figured out, too. All I know is... MJF and Punk are destined to fight one more time. Punk has teased it recently. 
MJF's got to have the, the, the I, I know Punk calls his the real world title, but MJF's got to have the triple B. And the two of those guys got to go head to head. There's got to be a unification of those belts at some point, unless they plan on doing a true brand split where you have Collision having its own title, Dynamite having its own. But I just don't see them doing that. It just seems too diluted. So all that being said, I think it's going to be MJF. And Matt, that's that's the other card, right? That that right there is the alternative story to the story that I that I, in my mind, I crafted for what's going to happen. Um, but you're a hundred percent right. Like long-term booking wise, there is an MJF CM Punk collision about to happen, pun intended again, uh, down the road. And so the question just is how, how does this, how does this circle get broken so that they can get into there, you know, uh, and, and I think that in either case, what makes this, card and AEW so good right now is that it could go either way and i think i'd be happy either way Mm -hmm. right for sure well and if those two go head to head again where do you hold that pay-per-view for that unification title do you have it in new york or do you have it in chicago two fan bases and i mean you could totally shit on the whole crowd and put it on the other person in somebody else's hometown and the place would just go banana land so Man, yeah, lots of good uh, options, and it's good to have options, isn't it? So, Always. yeah, boys, this is uh, this was really good, and I mean, I like that there's a lot of diversity in our picks, but we got to pick who will be the first match of the night. I know we ran down a lot of them, you know, the first two matches of MJF, Cole, Tag Team, and then Hook and Jack Perry are off the table, but the others are, and I think... It'd be pretty cool to start off the night with House of Black uh, versus um, who did they face? Oh, the Acclaimed. Mm. That's good. Yeah. And I mean, I'll give it a whirl. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to give it a try. That's a good pick. House of Black. I I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. Uh, Recently, I feel like AEW is trying to make a point to push the women a little bit more you know like in the main event on dynamite and stuff like that i wouldn't be shocked if they put the women's four-way on first um you've got a fresh crowd you wouldn't burn them out right away you want to save them for the main event that that's the thing you got to pace the show right you got to get into the main event you got to save that biggest pop of the night for when the moment of truth reveals itself and i think putting the women on first is one way to do that so Okay. That was my Great that, argument. That was my first uh impression as well. Is that um if they don't do that, I think that they it will just dilute that match down the card and they don't they can't afford to do that. And I think with Soraya coming out right away, that'll be huge. So I I'm I'm actually with you, uh Matt, on that one. I was gonna pick the women's match. Wow, good shit. Steve? I think it's going to be between the Young Bucks FTR and Kenny Hangman, that whole match. And I am going to pick the Golden Elite match as the starting match because I think that'll get the crowd going. 
I think your your logic is just perfectly sound on the women's match. I think um, maybe what'll buoy that, and I hope they do it sooner than later, or maybe right in the middle of the card. Is that Saray? You know, hopefully they'll like like who they're seeing in the match. But uh, I think you know I'm gonna stick to you're gonna put some vestige of the elite in the opening match because you can depend on them. Great, all great arguments. You know, if they book it right. I think any one of us would have booked this show great because, uh, you know, I like our pricks. Sunday cannot get here soon enough. It's going to be great, too, because I have a fantasy draft during that. So, you know, I'll be having a couple beers, maybe a little snack, picking some football players. Then I'm getting together with my buddies at a beer garden afterwards. Nice little Sunday coming up. So can't wait. I wish all of you have a great Sunday. It's getting a little late in the show. So we're going to skip promo of the week this week. But, you know, if you're going to be King Booker, you got to keep it these three things. Hmm. Especially when you're walking down the mean streets of merry old London. You don't want to bump into Sherlock Holmes or uh, Jack the Ripper or Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger, for that matter. And if you're going to get Mick Jagger on a big secondary show like AEW putting out all these tickets to these rapid fans, you got to keep it these three things. And that is stay humble, stay hungry, and stay hard. Triple H. Bruv. Thunder calling through the faraway.